Welcome. We are your hosts for Bitches Be Brave. This is Heather Hobbs. And this is Bev Steele. And together we are everyday working women trying to raise a family, succeed at our careers, stay fit and healthy, and still look hot. It's our hope to address the issues that we deal with every day and to bring you the knowledge and information from the top experts so that together we can truly thrive and experience wellness in all dimensions of life. And because we care, please remember the thoughts, comments, and advice of this podcast and our guests do not substitute medical advice and you should consult your doctor before starting any new program. And we'd love to hear from you. Please email us at bitchesbebrave at bitchesbebrave.com or visit our website, bitchesbebrave.com or Instagram at bitchesbebrave. Hello and welcome to episode four of Bitches Be Brave. This is Heather Hobbs. And this is Bev Steele. Together we are everyday working women, trying to raise a family, succeed at our careers, stay fit and healthy, and still look hot. It's our hope to address the issues that we deal with every day and to bring you the knowledge and information from top experts so that together we can truly thrive and experience wellness in all dimensions of life. You know, there's that word trying again. (laughs) You caught me. So Bev called me out. She was listening to our episode from last week and she told me that she caught me saying, I will try to stop drinking. (laughs) And what does that mean? You succeeded in trying. I succeeded in trying, which I did not not drink. Or I did not, yeah. I did, I not, did not not drink. That's correct. It is correct. <laughs> so I, I did fail at my goal. But then when you told me I only said try, I guess, you know, try is, is kind of uh, inconclusive. And so that's what we want to talk about today. <laughs> try and try again. There's a reason why that's a saying, right? So today is what? January 18th. And I don't know about you guys out there. I mean, when you listen to our podcast and go back to session one, we were so gung-ho. In fact, we were gung-ho on session episode two and episode three. But I think the reality hits in. It's like we're back to work. We're back to the craziness of families and dinners and homework and running around and traveling for work and all of the things that we do. And I think... Today we're in a different place. We are. And I kept thinking all week, what is happening right now? Because everything seemed off last week. And when I started to be off, I let everything fall. You know, I was writing in my calendar and I had it color-coded. And as soon as there wasn't something that was what I considered my plan, I just didn't even write down that day. And then I didn't journal. And really, when I did listen back to our podcast and I wanted to do that, I got re-motivated and re-energized. So why is it that if we do have an action that isn't what we considered planned or perfect, instead of going back and looking at that, we look the other way and run 20 steps? (laughs) I mean, I wonder... If it's, is it because we're women and we're so hard on ourselves, right? We, we hold ourselves to this kind of perfectionist, we must be 100% in and good or else it's a failure and we're not good enough. And because I'm the same way, I think that I just started to avoid, not even open my journal, not even open my planner. And 
I just think it's because it's a reminder of I didn't do what I said I would do, right? I'm a hip, I'm a hypocrite, or I'm not good enough, and or an imposter, of, as we were talking about yes, last week, the imposter syndrome. And so, I don't know. I, I think you know, you and I were talking about this. That what about the good? I mean, I think for any of us out there, that a hundred percent of what we say we want to do or who we want to be. If by not doing 100% does not necessarily mean we're a failure. Sometimes how we fail could be somebody else's success, right? And I think those are the things I today am going to try to focus on. I, not try. I, I need to focus on. I think that's the message we want to say to you guys is how are, what are the good things that we can focus on even in times when we didn't do what we said we would do? Yeah, and I, I really think that when that thought goes through our heads and we're we're in the negative place finding what was positive. You know, I I think, gosh, well, what, what were the things that I did do? I mean, I'm still on the celery juice and the lemon. Um, even when I went off keto, um, when my in-laws were in town, my daughter wanted to learn how to make this big Italian dinner that my mother-in-law always would make. So my mother-in-law sat in the kitchen and taught her and there was no way I was going to sit down to that meal and not enjoy every minute of it. And that's a good thing. But instead, the next morning, I'm like, gosh, you know, yeah, yeah. I am, yeah. But I'll, although that wasn't my first hiccup, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> there were a few before that. There were. Mine was wine. I think that was the first, that was the first, like, mishap for myself is I just had a night the other night and I was just, done and I just wanted to come home and have a glass of wine I had just had a hard day at work a lot of craziness I think with the kids there was stress and homework and norm and I was about to make dinner and that's normally what I would do is I would pour myself a glass of wine as I make dinner for the family and I caved but then the problem is like once I fell off the wagon it was kind of no going back for a while yeah and on a positive note for that, I think that, you know, just being curious about what, you know, how much wine we're having or when, that's a positive, right? I mean, you had the first class trip where you're like, hey, I'm going to stay on my plan. Yeah. But you probably haven't thought about that great day. Right. Right. We don't give ourselves credit for the things that we do well. And, you know, there, there have been a lot of accomplishments. And I think Overall, that is one thing that we, we need to focus on is that there are good things and how do we get back on? And again, I think to not hold ourselves maybe to the expectation of 100%. I mean, I was the first to say, look, I had some lofty goals, right? I wanted to read a book a week. Well, it did great the first couple of weeks. I think I read two or three, but then now I haven't touched a book <laughs> this whole week. And, but that's okay. You know, I still, I, I need to be able to look at the bigger picture. We all do. I mean, this is... If we have a week where we mess up, it's a week. It's not a month. It's not a year. It's, it's right. We have, you know, we're normal. We're human. And we talk about 80% of New Year's resolutions go, don't happen, right? But they can only not happen is if, if you let them go away. Mm-hmm. So how you recorrect, correct, because it's not always going to be perfect. You got to be okay with that. And I think the value of having community in any goal that you have is so important because just talking to you, Heather, I get reinvigorated. I talk to my sister who's got her plan. I listen to our podcast. I'm like, oh gosh, what fear did I attack this week? 
So what did you do? Well, the fear was obviously my New Year's resolutions. <laughs> um, but I think there is a, a fear of success in me. Mm-hmm. You know, I it's the fear because if I do all these things and they're successful, it's just too regimented. And how, in my mind, I'm like, I could never keep this up forever. How fun will that be? I mean, I do want to enjoy, right. you know, food and wine and... What else is on there? And sometimes sitting and not exercising and just enjoying Netflix and not feeling bad about that. So how do you readjust goals? And I think you had a really good quote that I just love that talked about the, you know, failures and whatever ever form. I guess read it. I really like that. I found two quotes today because we always like to leave you guys with a quote. And I actually have two. Um... The first one's Ariana Huffington. It says, we need to accept that we won't always make the right decisions, that we will screw up royally sometimes. Understanding that failure is not the opposite of success, but yet it's part of success. And that's so huge. I mean, we learn, we've heard these stories, right, that some of the people that have gotten to the most highest places that we, we look at them and think, wow, you know, they are the first to tell you that they've failed so many times. I mean, there's not an, an athlete or an author or, you know, anybody out there who hasn't had failures along the way. And we just can't let them stop us. We can't let them be the end all. We have to say, we have to get through this, recognize maybe what happened and how do we make that part of the learning process? You know, it, it just reminds me of one of the fundamental sales, I don't know, training that I was in when I, I don't even know if it was Zig Ziglar or who, but it, it was like, it takes so many no's to get a yes. yes. And that resonates with me right now. I mean, the light bulb went off when you were talking because I think, gosh, you know, at, at work, I have no problem, you know, making that extra phone call. And it's okay if they say no to me, cause I'm going to, now how am I going to attack it? But in my personal life, if that fail happens, do I have the same reaction immediately? No. Eventually I get there because I'll take a few days to, you know, just ignore it. But to be there a little bit quicker to say, gosh, this was a fail and why did it happen and how, what, what can I do now? Yeah. So if I'm going to say something to you for myself, I find that, so exercise to me is so hugely important in my life. It's like my therapy, right? And exercise for me has changed over the years. I mean, it went from me being kind of extremely hardcore. I taught fitness classes for well over 15 years. I we used to do marathons and I did triathlons. And now, you know, I struggle from a lot of injuries. But the one thing I've always kept is still that ability to be out there and be in nature. And I always call it my church, my therapy. And I it's one thing that I love. I go out, I hike and or jog intermittently in there. But I like to listen to audiobooks and connect and this week we're in San Diego and it's not typical but it has rained every day pretty much all day this week and I think the weather is a big part of that I don't know what I would do if I still lived back in Michigan because it brings me down it's just so I didn't exercise and I think that shifts me when I don't exercise I start to feel lazy you start to feel more tired with that, it's like, mm-hmm. I want that glass of wine and some comfort right. food. And so for me, I find that that right there is something I've identified that I really need to make an effort. Because if nothing else, if I can get some exercise in every day, 
I feel better overall. My whole mental state is improved. I agree. I agree. And I went three or four days without doing anything and had to have a talk with myself and say, you have a lot of really super cute rain jackets for a reason. (laughs) (laughs) And I didn't get super excited about going out, but I I just took my dogs for a a walk. And I said, I'm just going to go out and walk. And I did the same as you. I listened to some podcasts. I made a couple phone calls. And when I came back, I felt great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's, I mean, that's huge right there. And I think sometimes if we get the exercise piece, then we tend to want to be better to our bodies in general. So we'll tend to make better choices with food and I tend to sleep better. I haven't been sleeping good, which I have had a pretty good run with sleeping recently. And I think there's a lot of, there's a lot of reasons for that, but I still wrap it all around making that, that one small thing. If I could just make that effort to be sure that I'm getting in some sort of exercise every day, I think a lot of the other things fall into play. It's funny that you bring up sleep because I was listening to a podcast this morning, walking the dogs and sleep came up as it relates to health, saying that you really need to be getting that eight to 10 hour sleep. And I've had to replay it. I'm like eight to 10 hours. I mean, have you ever gotten eight to 10 hours sleep since you had a job? I mean, (laughs) how is that possible? I do. So I am one that I like to go to bed early and I like to get up early, but my problem is, so I, I tend to be somewhat good about getting myself to bed at night and I just tend to fall asleep pretty good at night, but I always wake up and usually it's either to go to the bathroom or pain of my neck or back or whatever it is. And if I wake up in the middle of the night, my brain just clicks and I just start going crazy. I start thinking about, I should say panicking, like anxiety attack type stuff of where I'm like, oh my God, my kids, I'm failing my kids or my job or this and that. And I start, and I get myself worked up to where I'll sometimes be awake for two hours in the middle of the night. So So you would get, you would get eight to 10 if you were not waking up Probably more seven to eight. Mm-hmm. Yeah, seven is a good night for me. If I get to bed by ten and I'm up at five, I'm mm-hmm. good. Yes. Um, anything less than that, which happens all the time, yeah. you know, is not ideal. So I, I really try to work at that. But eight to ten is not going to happen until my kids are out. I think everyone <laughs> has a sweet spot, though. Too. I mean, I think some people really need more sleep, and others. Don't. I think that seven is probably to go under seven is not healthy, but I think some people do totally good at seven, you know? Yeah. Um, I think, you know, the bigger question though that we were talking about, and I think this starts to relate to us women and work, but it is like, what is it? Why do we fail? And why do we beat ourselves up so much if we do? And how can we overcome that, right? Like, how can we start to say, look, I am, I am good enough. I'm okay. And I mean, we were talking about even just work in, in the workforce. And why is it that women feel that we have to work so much harder sometimes to be noticed or recognized versus men? Yeah. And, you know, I listened to a panel of women at um, a national charity event that I was at this weekend. And um, there was a woman from NASA that spoke about, uh, was, was posed the question, have you seen a big change? And she said no. And she says, said that she does think that she'll see a change in the next 10 to 20 years. But she felt that today a woman had to work twice as hard um, and be twice as good in order to get recognized and move forward as quickly as a man that may be mediocre. And I 
I hesitate to say that because there are so many capable and competent men um, and up and coming, and I don't want this to be kind of a reverse. Uh, right. Reverse. Sex. Sex. <laughs> what is it? Discrimination. Discrimination. Um, but she did mention that she, 80% of her team were women when she retired. Um, 20% were men. And she went on to say those 20% that were men were the most qualified, as were the women. So mm-hmm. the conversation needs to be had the most qualified and the best person for the position. So I, I don't know. It's interesting that that's still... I think, though, it goes back to, I think, and we're going to generalize here, right? I don't think, again, I don't want men flipping out that we're bashing them. But I think typically men tend to advocate for themselves a bit more than women do. I think we put our heads down and we work really, really hard. And we think someone's going to notice me. Someone will tell me when I'm ready for the next move, the next jump in my career. And we wait for it. Whereas I think sometimes men aren't afraid to wait. They will go out there and say, look, I, I don't quite have all of the competencies that might be needed, but hey, here's what I do awesome. Here's what I do well. And where we just tend to wait till we have every single one of the criteria. And, and you know, it's really natural it. for me when I'm communicating via email to a senior manager asking for something, I want to start with, I'm really sorry, I know you're busy. Yeah. And I... Rewrite. I read an email. I rewrite it because I shouldn't be sorry, but that's really natural for me. Like I'm bothering you or, you know, if I'm saying something about myself, I need to make sure that, you know, I'm not coming off as being too confident. And really, I would say in the last five years, I've, you know, take, taken notice to that. And not that it's gotten me <laughs> anywhere. No, I'm kidding. But... It's. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Heather. Oh, my gosh. But it's worth a try. <laughs> it is worth it. And I think, well, you never know. Maybe you did. Maybe you did divert something, right? Somebody's perception. Maybe. Uh, you know, I shouldn't even say that because okay. that is an example of me putting myself down when it's really not necessary. Heather and I both have, by outside views, very successful careers and are recognized within our companies often and and love what we do but inside we're the imposter yeah and so (laughs) or or maybe not being recognized for well I I definitely agree I think it's like constantly and I so have you ever done the love languages the five love language assessment no highly recommend it we're gonna have to do it for, for each other so it's called the five love languages and the original, it's a book, but there's a quiz and you can do it online. Um, and I've actually, there's one for the workplace. So I've actually done it with my team before, which is really interesting as a team leader too, because um, you really get to see how you respond. So I've done it with my husband years ago and it was quite fun. Is it, is it for It's for couples? relationships, for oh, couples. Oh, okay. Is mm-hmm. it free? Is it something yeah, that we can... you can go online. Oh. I think it's look up five love languages. Just Google it and look that up That could be our takeaway today. Yes. We'll talk about I that at the end. I think everyone yeah. should do it because it's it's so interesting. And I'm going to get it wrong because... But there... So you there's five. And you go through and you take this quiz and you try to figure out um, what you are in order. And it was kind of funny because my first one, for sure, is always recognition. Um, I'm always wanting to hear and over and over again that that confirmation of you're good enough or I 
I appreciate you, you're skinny or you're pretty right. or whatever, you're fit, you look good, like it's, you're successful. And it's like, even if I had that recognition, I need it again and I need it again. And so it goes through. Or um, even if the comment is something else and your mind automatically goes, well, like I was telling you that my 14 year old always mentions how pretty you are. <laughs> and I think, well, what about me? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe not that dramatic, but so, yeah. So the five love languages are words of affirmation, which is, you know, that. So just... That's yours? Um, no, these oh. are the five. I'm okay. going to tell you them. So okay. words of affirmation, uh-huh. gifts, so gift, giving gifts or receiving gifts. Three is acts of service. Four is quality time. And five is physical touch. So for myself... Do you rank those? Is that how you Yeah, you, you go through this quiz and oh, it'll, okay. it'll actually spit it out okay. and tell you what you are. But for me, um, I know words of affirmation was number one. I think number two was acts of service. So when people do things, like when my husband will just automatically unload the dishwasher or clean up the kitchen or ask me, he's going to stop at the grocery store or something on his way home. Like I love stuff like that. Um, quality time. And then lastly is physical touch. So I am not a big touchy person unless I feel that I have, you know, that you've earned my respect or that I you I feel that I can trust you in all of those things. And so the funny thing is when I did it with Scott, we were literally the opposite. So really? my husband's number one was physical touch. He likes to just have his hair stroked or his back ah. rubbed or something, right? Whereas for me, I wouldn't think to do that because I hate that. Like, I don't want you rubbing my back or stroking my hair. Just give me gifts. Just, no. <laughs> just tell me how beautiful I am. Right. Now, was he receptive to that? Because I'm just picturing my husband saying, that's cute. You do you. Was he open? Well, no, but it, what it does is it makes you recognize that, that's for okay. one, like, okay, if I want to show him that I care telling him that I care or necessarily doing things for him isn't going to be as meaningful as if I did just rub his back. And yet, or if he attempts to try and hold my hand, that's really something that means a lot to him, even though it doesn't for me. Um, and so when we did this for work, it's the same thing for work people. That some people, Oh, you did this for work as I, well. There's one for the workplace. Okay. And I did it for my team. And it was interesting because you do recognize that some people need to be told constantly, like me, that you're good enough. And other people want just that little gift or the we have like little awards we can give people at work. Um, and I think the physical touch thing probably shouldn't be part yeah, of it. Yeah, that's probably not in there. <laughs> but I can see um, that Scott, if that touch is important, then he could first tell you how beautiful you are. <laughs> <laughs> and do a lot of shit for me. For yeah, do some <laughs> things for me. Yeah, I, I am going to do that. Yeah. I will I do that. Everyone this week. should. That will be our takeaway this yeah. week. Yeah, everyone should go online, look up the five love, love languages, and take the quiz. So you can Google it, and it's right there. And I think you know, have your spouse or have somebody else. That I mean, I think it would be really fun to even talk about what you come up with. I think we're probably very similar. Yeah. I would think, but. I would think so, and probably our husbands are very similar. Yeah. And if you do, then go to our Facebook page at Be, Be Brave and let us know how you did and your husband. Yes. So with that, I think we'll close it out and just want you guys to 
not be afraid of failure. So when you think of yourself as a failure, you will become a failure. And so we need to focus on the goods and what can we learn from that and how can we pick ourselves up and say we're going to be better. Um, yeah, and any action moves you in a direction. So if it's a positive action or an action towards your goal, no matter how small the move, you're going to move in that direction. If you take an action that's not, you move in another direction. So you just need to take another step back. Yeah. Awesome. And look at it objectively, like really, right? And say, okay, let's use this knowledge to improve ourselves and try again. And as long as we don't give up, I think you can always overcome failure. I'm ready for this week, Heather. Me too. All right. All right. Be Good brave. luck to all of you. Be brave, bitches. And we will see you next week. Bye-bye.